0: Uh, so great to worship together. And these are songs we sing all throughout the year in different times, but they do seem to take on a, a special meaning on Easter Sunday especially. Again, so great to have you here. So great to have you guys joining online. I just wanna do a quick check with you. How many of you guys have party whistles? Did you guys receive your party whistles coming on? Let's do a little safety check under your mask. Let's just make sure they work. These are in anticipation of our baptism coming up at the end. We celebrate the most amazing, awesome things that happen when people's lives are changed. So let's give a little practice here. All right, all right, we're good? Okay, I just wanna make sure we're ready, that you're prepared, because Easter is a celebration, baptism is a celebration. All right, party whistles away, masks back on. All right, it's COVID, we gotta be a little careful here, so this is good. Um, Hey, we are celebrating what God is doing. I wanna talk to you today about what it means to flip the script, when Jesus flips the script of our lives, and how Easter is the most amazing flip the script story. We all love a good story, especially one with a plot twist in in the middle of it, right? How many of you, you know, have have watched movies and shows, and you're trying to figure out all the way through, and it's like, ah, the butler did it, right? What was the first movie where the butler ever did it? I mean, that was one of those where, you know, you, you didn't see that coming. I just uh, was reading a fiction this past week, uh, we were on, on break for a little bit, and, and it, it had me guessing all the way through the end, and literally at the end it was like, oh, I didn't see that coming, you know? Or one that we can all relate to, I know we've all experienced, uh, hopefully, I think most of us have, Star Wars, right? The ultimate flip of the script in all of movie history, when Darth Vader reveals, Luke, I am your right? And forever, everything changed, and things in your mind are going, oh, wow, is that what happened? And, and the, flip get, the script gets flipped, and, and everything changes. But our lives are not like the movies. Our, in, in real life, our flip, our flip gets scripted. Our script gets flipped. I'm probably going to say that a few times today. Uh, you know, we, we all experienced it last year, especially you know, as the pandemic hit and things were getting shut down. Every single one of us had to face a new reality. In some new way, things were different. Things changed. You know, who knew we had to, like, fight for toilet paper and we're, you know, there's scarcity on hand sanitizers and we had to shut down, you know, everything from learning. You'd know that all the stuff that happened. Our lives were changed in an instant. And we've all had to walk through that and we're beginning to see now life emerging again in and in a new possibilities that are before us. And it's exciting to see what God can do. But when you look at your individual lives and you think through, every single one of us has had a moment where our lives have been turned upside down, where something has flipped the script, maybe some more, maybe some less, and maybe if you haven't yet, it's about to happen. But I don't want to be negative, but sometimes you just hear one phrase, isn't it amazing how one phrase can change the course of your life? I'm sorry to tell you, it's cancer. That's a flip of the script, isn't it? I'm sorry to tell you your daughter didn't survive the accident. Life will never be the same. I'm sorry to let you know, but your son is addicted to opioids. What do you do in those moments? Honey, I'm sorry, I got fired, I lost the job. Life changes in those moments. I want a divorce. The pregnancy test is negative again. I lost the baby. The house burned down. They're filing the lawsuit. You fill in the blank so many different moments where life seems to be going along and all of a sudden something changes and your life gets flipped in the wrong direction and you're wondering, "God, where to now? What do I do now?" But just in the way that it can happen in the negative, it can also happen in the positive. Something can change in an instant. I can't believe I got into the school that I wanted to get into. I got the job. I got the raise. I got the promotion. We're expecting twins. <laughs> Uh-oh, that changes things, right? She said yes. He went to Jared, right? I mean, it's a, a life changes in these moments, in these instances where, where we see as it went one direction, it can also go the other direction. And Easter is the most amazing flip of the script moment in all of history that not only changed history, but it changes our lives as well. I mean, think about the story and the narrative of Jesus coming and and he's teaching about a kingdom and how uh, he's being hailed as the savior of the world. And there he is on Good Friday, hanging on a cross, bleeding to death, whipped and uh, scorned, mocked, crown of thorns on his head, dying, pulled off a cross, shoved into an empty, uh, a full tomb. It was empty. He filled it. And there was Jesus, and all hope was gone. It was over. It was done, everything that they had hoped for. And then we read on that Easter morning as the women arrived to the tomb to continue to prepare his body you know, for the burial and to embalm him, they came, and there the stone was rolled away. And as the stone was rolled away, they met an angel, and the angel gave them these words that forever changed history. They said, he isn't here, he is risen from the dead. He isn't here, he is risen from the dead. And on that phrase, and on that reality, life changes and everything hinges on that. Now, the disciples didn't believe it and others struggled with that and, and maybe you're sitting here today and you're going, I don't know if I can believe that. Maybe, you know, many of us are here today celebrating a Christ who is alive in our lives, who's changed our lives and we sing these songs and we worship and we imagine Christ and we feel his spirit in us as we sing. And we celebrate that we have life and we don't fear death and we have hope eternal. And yet there are some of us here today and watching online, you're here because a husband or a wife asked you to come. Maybe a parent asked you to come. Your mom and dad said you should go. Maybe somebody, you know, bribed you with a brunch and said, just, you know, come to church and we'll have a good meal together. And, 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 and it can be this myth. It can be this story that you kind of go, I don't know, I'm going to endure it for an hour here and, uh, and then I'm going to get on with my life because I don't know who can believe this. It's hard to believe, isn't it? It can be hard to believe, and and you know what? You're in good company if you have a hard time believing the story, because every person here at some point or other, even uh, those that have become followers of Christ, have had to overcome maybe some doubt, some disbelief. I've had to overcome that in my life, and not just in the past, but at times. It comes back up in my life where I go, do I really believe this? Is this really true? What am I thinking? I'm leading a church. I'm a pastor. Is this really true? I have to believe this. I have to come back to this. And God brings me back time and again as I experience him in my life and the reality of a living Christ. But we're in good company if we have doubt and if you struggle to believe. Because the Bible tells us that those closest to Jesus didn't believe him. Here's what it says in Luke 24, verse 11. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. So if you're here today and you don't believe it, if you're watching you don't believe it, you're in good company that the first disciples didn't believe it when somebody said, when the women came and said, The tomb's empty, and an angel told us he isn't here, he is risen from the dead. Yeah, right. There was doubt. There was disbelief. But let me ask you this question. If this is true, whether you believe it or not, if it is true, would that change everything? Even if you don't believe in Christ, if this were true, if if someone who claimed to be the Son of God, and then taught all about that, and then predicted that he would rise again after three days... And then, as a matter of fact, does rise, and there are witnesses to that, and people begin to, to, to base their whole life on that. If it is true, wouldn't that change everything? And that's the question, do you believe? And in that phrase, do you believe, do you understand what Easter means? And so I don't believe, and I don't know that I can uh, convince you in just these few moments you ha- we have here if, if, um, if you don't believe, but what I want to do is I want to help you understand how Easter fits into the grand script it's not just the script of our lives, but there's a story, a script that's been written from the beginning of time, from the creation of this world to the end of time, and I want to walk us through that. And so we're going to look at the entire course of history and all of the Bible in the time we have left this morning. Sound good? <laughs> I hope you have that meatloaf roast on a longer timer. We'll be out of here in a couple couple hours. And we're going to go through it rather quickly, but I want us to see how Easter, uh, everything hinges on Easter. And so as we jump into that, would you just bow your head in prayer with me, and let's just ask God to open our hearts to what he has to say. Heavenly Father, on this Easter Sunday, as we look at this great story that you are writing in this world and in our lives, Father, would you reveal something to us? Would you flip our script, God, to know you and to be transformed by you? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to look at the four movements in God's great story. The four movements in God's great story. So as we look at this narrative, we're going to begin at the beginning. At the beginning is creation. So we're going to start with the first movement, creation. We were made for relationship with God. This is what we need to understand and what the Bible helps us understand. The very beginning of Scripture says, In the beginning God created He created the heavens and the earth. You guys are going, we're just in the beginning. We got a long way to go. But that's where it begins. In the beginning, God created. We have a God of creation. He created all, everything we see. But at the pinnacle of his creation was man and woman. And he didn't just create us because he didn't have anything else to do. He wanted to create us for relationship. It tells us that that we are created in his image, to be created in relationship. He wanted to, to walk with us, to talk with us, to give us a beautiful and amazing life. He put Adam and Eve in this garden, that everything was provided for them. And he gave them dominion over the, the, the earth and to the, over the animals. They had this idyllic relationship, and, and scripture talks about a phrase called shalom, this, this peace that is deep-seated when we are in right relationship with God. And that's what we were created for. And we were created to love in that relationship, and so God gave us that free will, that free choice, because... You can't love if you're forced to love, right? If somebody tells you, you have to love me, or you have to love that, do you love it? When you can choose it, then you know that it's love. And so God gave them that choice. And and so we look at the world, and again, whether you believe or not, I'm sure you can agree that there is beauty all around us in this world, right? I mean, wherever we look in the places we see, especially as we look at nature, we see spring popping up all around us, life is breaking forth. We look around and we see the people that we love, those that are sitting near us, those in our family, others. We go, man, the beauty of God's creation represented in each and every one of us. That's God creating. That's God giving life to each and every one of us. But even in scripture, the movement moves very quickly from creation to the dark side of the reality that we live in, and that is the fall. The fall is the second of the movements that we see throughout our history, and that is rebellion, brokenness, empty pursuits, and death. You see, we flipped our script away from God. God gave us the choice. God gave us the ability to to continue to follow and be in relationship with him. But we chose to go our own way, a rebellion. We hear the term many times, sin. Sin, what is sin? Is it just doing bad things? Sin is separation from God. Sin is doing things that that, that don't bring us into that relationship with him, but that pull us apart. And it's our rebellion, and, and we are all part of this. Sin is separating us. And what scripture tells us is that the wages of sin, the price of sin, you know what the price of that sin is? It's death. Death. One thing every single one of us has in common is we were born and we are going to die. Death is a part of who we are, and death is the thing that most people fear. Death, it's the end, it's when it's all over. We try to avoid death with everything we can in our lives, and yet our script the script that is being written in your life and my life right now, it continues to lead towards death no matter what you do. And because we live in this fall, we live in this broken world, can't you see it around us? You don't have to be a follower of Christ to, to agree that we live in a broken, fallen world, do you? You just have to turn on the news, flip through the channels a little bit, see what's happening in our world, and you realize there is brokenness, there is pain, there is hurt, there is decay all around us. That is the reality of the world that we live in. And what we've been trying to do in this broken, fallen world is we continue to find our, try to find our way back to some kind of wholeness. We want to get back to peace. And whether you realize it or not, that is a pursuit every single one of us has. We're trying to find that place that God had in our lives, and you know where we're trying to find it? I bet you I can find it in the perfect relationship, in the perfect boyfriend or girlfriend, in the perfect marriage. If we have love, then we will find it, and I will find that wholeness. And yet we realize even relationships will let us down. Even the best of relationships let us down at some point. That doesn't mean they're bad. It just means that they can't fulfill what only God can. But maybe we pursue it and we go, you know what? If I can just just have success in my life. Man, Americans, we love success. Go to the next level, the the next career path. If I can have the corner office, if I can get there, success will bring it. And if not success, money can bring it. A stimulus will bring it. Because when we have the resources to do it, when we have the money, that's when life is gonna be okay. And yet how many people have lots of money and are miserable and empty and hurting and still part of the fall? We try to find it in so many ways. We're trying to rebuild what was broken. So you know where we turn? We turn to, to education. If we can get ourselves educated enough, then we can experience wholeness. I know, I know. If we can just get the right political party elected, then we will experience wholeness. If we can pass the right laws, then we can experience wholeness and we're constantly, for 200 plus years in this country, we're trying to find the perfect idyllic thing and yet we're always divided 50-50 on what we're supposed to do. Surely the answer doesn't come through politics or the next elected leader, though we try and though we want to do good things. Where does it come from? Does it come from religion? The quest to pursue and find what is the purpose, what is the meaning of it all? Where do we turn? We're looking to get out of the situation, death and the fall. We are broken and this world is broken. But in God's great narrative, we move from creation to the fall to this beautiful transition. It's redemption. Redemption, grace, forgiveness, and life in Christ. This is God's plan. This is what he brought. This is where Jesus now comes and he flips the script back. He says there is a way back home. There's a way back to right relationship. At Christmas, we celebrate the angels declaring peace on earth, goodwill towards all, right? There is good news. There is good news, and all the other ways you're trying to find it, it's not there. But there is a good news, and there's a hope, and it's found in the Son of God born to us to reveal himself to us in the flesh in the form of Jesus Christ. Jesus taught about a kingdom, and he talked about He said, yes, we live in a fallen world, but there's a kingdom and a reality beyond this one that is contained here as well. And that the kingdom of God wants to transform not only eternity, but our present world. And he said, you know, the way that we're going to enter this kingdom is you have to be born again. You have to be born of the spirit. Something in you comes alive. Your spirit is alive. You begin to see with the new reality. Faith does that for us. And Jesus declared, he said, you know what, you want to get back to the Father. You want to come back to creation and and that restoration. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a bold statement. And if Jesus didn't, didn't, didn't rise from the dead, then we shouldn't have to believe him on that. But he proved something to us. He showed us he is the one who has the power over life and death. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And so we follow the story of Jesus, and that brings us to Easter. The hope of the Messiah, the hope of the Savior, and yet here he goes, he goes to the cross. He's nailed to a cross. He's executed like a criminal, the worst of the worst dying on a cross, why? Remember, the wages of sin is death. And Jesus knew and God understood that our path is all leading towards death, every one of our scripts. But to flip that, he is going to pay the penalty for us. He is going to take our sin upon him because he was sinless. The sinless, spotless lamb of God, the sacrifice in Jesus was offered on that cross. And he paid the debt And he wasn't just speaking to those out in the crowd when he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He's speaking to each and every one of us, the forgiveness of our sins, the opportunity for a fresh new life. And if that wasn't amazing enough, what Jesus did on the cross, we come to Easter Sunday, and we come to an empty tomb. And why is this so significant? Because not even death could contain him. Not even death had the power over Christ. He has the power over death. And if death can't stop him, And death can't be taken from us. What do we have to fear? We have life now and we have life eternal. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Redemption in that moment, in that time, for then and for all time. But it didn't just stop there. Sometimes we think, you know, it's all about, okay, we've sinned and now we repent and come back to God. And we miss the bigger narrative that we were created to be in relationship with God. And not only is there redemption, but this is the fourth movement and it's restoration. It's a new creation that God wants to restore all things back to him. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is in Revelation chapter 21. He says, Behold, says the one on the throne, I am making all things new. Don't you need the things in your life to be made new? Man, we love new. We need new because what is old is often broken and we realize in our life we need a fresh start. And that is the restoration that comes from Christ and having a relationship with him. That's why we gather here on Sundays because we know there is hope and there's life. It's why we read our Bible. It's why we pray to God. It's why we have that relationship with him because he restores the brokenness of the fall in our lives and he finds a new way for us to go forward with him. He gives us purpose. He gives us meaning. He puts us on a mission to say, you are about bringing restoration to the world. And as much as there's a spiritual reality of what God is doing in the kingdom, he has placed us in this world to bring his goodness and to bring his hope. And that's the meaning that we need and not pursuing it and all these other empty pursuits. And of course, restoration ultimately is life in eternity. Life in heaven where there'll be no more crying, no more tears, no more pain, where what was started in creation is now recreated and we are back in relationship with God for all eternity. That is the grand narrative of scripture. That's the grand narrative of our world. But what does this have to do again with each and every one of us? Because here's the deal. That is our narrative as well. That's your narrative as well. And all of us have the first two parts of that narrative. We're all a part of that first those first two parts of the narrative. We've all been created. The creation that you are created to be in relationship with Jesus. He created you to be in relationship with him. In Jeremiah 1.5, we read that, that, that God knew us while we were still in our mother's womb. Before we were formed, he created you. And he created you not just to endure an awful life, but to be in relationship with him. He created you so that, that you would know him. He calls you his masterpiece, the pinnacle of creation. Every single one of us is the pinnacle of God's creation to be in relationship with him. And he loves you. And he says, you are my child. I want you to be my son and my daughter, to be in relationship with him. That is our story. That is what God wants for all of us. But the second part of that narrative is true for every one of us too. We are all part of the fall. Your sin leaves you broken and separated from God. My sin leaves me broken and separated from God. And because of that, the wages of sin is death, right? None of us escape this. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Does that exempt anyone here? No, we have all fallen short of God's glorious standard. We all struggle, we all sin, we all have things in our lives that we go, man, we know that isn't right, we know that isn't for the best of human flourishing, we know that's not God honoring, and yet we struggle, don't we? So many times we stay in the state, we live in this fall, but we're trying to find our own salvation. Have you ever thought about how are you trying to find your own redemption if not through Christ? Maybe it's because of the long hours you work. Somehow the validation from your boss or from your employer or by your paycheck is what's going to make you feel like you are worthy. Maybe even somebody just tells you they love you and the relationship, that's going to make you feel like you're worthy. If you have that corner office, if you have that, maybe it's the next trip that you take. Once you can go on this world tour, then you're gonna be made whole. Oh, I know, it's retirement, retirement. When you finally reap the rewards of all of your hard labor, that's when you're gonna find what this whole life has been for. But you keep searching and keep searching and keep looking and keep looking. And you know, I'll tell you the story. Every one of our script, every one of those redemption stories leads to one place, and that is death. Death in our soul, death in our spirit. We're not gonna find the life that we are looking for. We're gonna get glimpses of it. Oh, there's awesome things in the world and all those things I described. There's moments we feel that, but those are just glimpses of the eternal. But ultimately, we're looking for that redemption, and we live in a broken and fractured world. So the question is, how are you gonna move out of the fall? The only way that I propose to you is through Jesus Christ, through the creator of this world, who gave his son to pay the price for our sins. Redemption. Everything else will lead to death. You know how we flip the script? Scripture talks about it in a way that we have to come humbly and we confess our sins. We come before Christ. We come before God. We come in our spirit, however you do that, and you just say, God, I need you. My life is broken. I'm struggling. I can't find my hope salvation anywhere. All these other religions and ideas and philosophies and new thinking and wokeness in this world is not going to bring us the redemption. I need to find it in the creator of this world, in Jesus Christ. First John 1 9 says this, but if we confess our sins to Him, what is He faithful to do? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. This is repentance. This is a repentance. Repentance means changing our thinking, changing our mind, turning and going in a different direction and saying, my eyes are open to Christ. I wanna put my faith and my hope and my trust in him and you begin to walk a new journey and you can know that you are forgiven, that you are free, that you are in right standing with your heavenly father, the creator of this universe. But it doesn't just end there. It doesn't just end with, check, I said a prayer or or I believe and and I'm gonna go on with my life. No, it's about restoration, the fourth movement, isn't it? It's about God restoring your life, restoring the broken places. It doesn't mean there's not gonna be hurt. It doesn't mean there's not gonna be pain. We continue to live in a fallen world. But God takes those broken places and those broken pieces, he begins to say, let's restore them. Let's bring them back into a new place. I love uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and new life has begun. That's what we celebrate. That's our mission as a church, is to experience life to the fullest in Christ, that he is always making things new, that we can be a new creation, that no matter what you're dealing with, the things you're going through, the guilt, the pain, the regret of your past, Jesus wipes the slate clean and says, let's start over. Let's go from here. Let's walk in this path. You're not gonna find it anywhere else. But it comes down to this question, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe what happened on Easter? Because if it's true, if it's true, the God who has power over death can change the trajectory of your life in an instant. He can change your life for the rest of your days. If it's true, do you believe? Is that a phrase that when you say it, when you speak it, could this moment today Easter 2021, be the flip of the script moment that you tell your children and grandchildren, that is the day where I accepted Christ, where I changed the trajectory of my life, and I allowed Jesus to flip my script in a new direction. I told you the disciples doubted. They struggled. Unfortunately, one of the disciples got the nickname Doubting Thomas. How would you like to have that stick for the rest of your life? But he didn't doubt. Ultimately, he believed. He said, I need to see the scars. I need to see his hands and his feet I, I, in order to believe. And Jesus came and he showed himself. And in that moment when Thomas saw, he fell to his knees and he said, my Lord and my God. His life submitted to him. And then Jesus said these words to him. You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. If your hope and your trust and your life is in Christ this morning, this is why we celebrate. This is the great narrative that God is continuing to write in our lives and in our families and in our church. He's constantly bringing restoration about as we yield our life to him. But if you have not received Christ, if you've never taken that step of just surrender and saying, God, I'm tired of going all of my own ways, trying to find redemption in everything that leaves me empty, I wanna surrender my life to you and to know that he wipes the slate clean, he embraces you with love and forgiveness, and he says, all right, let's go. Let's take a new path together. Why not today? Stop running, stop trying to find it everywhere else. Find the peace in Christ and begin a journey of restoration and new life in him. That's why we're here, that's why we exist as a church, to share that life and to share that journey together. And I can tell you there is nothing better than to have the hope of Christ, to not fear death, And to know that no matter what comes, Christ is walking with us and restoring our world back towards him. He gives us purpose and meaning and life. And we share that together as a community. I want us to bow our heads for a moment. And I just want you to reflect. Have you allowed Christ to flip the script in your life? Maybe even as you hear this today, you say, you know what, I'm not ready, but I'm I'm going to keep trying it my own way, and God gives us that opportunity to do that. But maybe today, you say, today is my day. Jesus, I want you to turn my life around. I surrender my life to yours. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand to acknowledge that so that I can make uh, eye contact with you or look up at me or let me know that today you are making a decision saying, this is the day, Easter 2021. God, my life is with you. Yeah, I'm seeing your hand there. Absolutely, I'm praying for you. I'm celebrating that with you. Anyone, who else this morning? Got a lot of places to look. Yeah, I see your hand back there. Absolutely, we celebrate that today. That's awesome. Who else? If you're watching online, maybe you type in, I believe. Who's gonna declare, I believe today, and allow this to be the day where Jesus flips the script of your life? Let's pray together and celebrate what God is doing. Heavenly Father, it's so awesome to see and to hear Uh, the way that you're moving in the lives of of people all around us. God, that, that we don't have to continue on a trajectory in life that leads us to emptiness and pain, but God, that you can bring healing and hope in the midst of struggle. Father, I celebrate those here this morning today who are declaring that they believe in you. They are putting their hope and their trust and their faith in you, God, in this moment. Let them know the joy of your presence, of your spirit in their life, and would you lead them on a new path of restoration and recreating, God, who you've made them to be. We celebrate that together. And God, today, we just celebrate the life that you have given us on this Easter Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.